Hey, hot young designers. We are announcing our first online workshop and we wanted to get you the scoop. We're calling it You Better Work Pitch. It's focused on confidently pitching for brand collaborations and partnerships. If you've ever been curious about collaborations and you're ready to dip your toes into the influencer side of the design business, we want you to join us. We'll be taking you through our entire process and providing easy to use tools and templates. Now be sure that you're subscribed to our newsletter on hotyoungdesignersclub.com because we're giving our subscribers the first peek when the workshop launches. We can't wait to see you all there. On today's show, we're talking about how to cultivate an online community. It's time to connect with other designers and partners in a real and authentic way. We're excited to bring you this episode as part of a trade talk that was hosted on Instagram Live by Jaipur Living. Rebecca talks about how the One Room Challenge brought her together with other designers. And Sean shares how he used the signature Sirha slide and voice messages into DM. We've got to navigate the new normal and find our design tribes online. Let's go. Hi, I'm Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the club. club. Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? Uh, it's a good day. It's a, it's a good day in the neighborhood, I feel like. Well, We're feeling good. We're feeling good. It's It's been, I think a lot has been happening for both of us, and that always gives me like this invigoration to keep going with new things and new ideas and projects. So when we're excited, it makes me want to do more work. Yeah, for better or but then worse. the weeks go by very fast and I like blink and it's Friday and I, uh-huh. I don't get that TGIF feeling. It's not Friday actually, but the TGIF feeling actually does not work because I'm like, no, it can't already be Friday. I, didn't I know, I know. The lists keep growing and I'm just trying to, like you said before, who am I going to disappoint today? <laughs> it's really a great. Um, I won't be getting philosophy. to someone's item or revision or checklist or email. Something will get left on the table for next week or over the weekend. It might be fun okay. to, instead of like having a client list on the whiteboard to create like a um, wheel of fortune, like I'm making this up as I go, <laughs> wheel of misfortune. And you put all your clients' names on there just spin the wheel and the wheel picks who you disappoint that day right then it's not it's <laughs> then not you tell funny. them it's not personal the wheel picked you the wheel today, of misfortune so. did it first thing in the morning <laughs> i'm so sorry client today was not your day um expect to hear from me in another two days <laughs> yeah <laughs> speaking of fizzles should we <laughs> Yeah. Should we get into our fizzle and fizzles of the week? Yeah, let's do it. My fizzle this week is I was looking for, like, going through my closet, trying to find different things to wear. And I realized that I've gained weight during quarantine, <laughs> but I <laughs> I did not realize how some of, like, 
my polos or like other clothing just don't fit the way I want them to. And it made me really frustrated to the point that I almost wanted to just dump them all in a donate box and get rid of them. And just start over? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to replace them with anything, but I probably should be more cognizant of what I'm wearing and what I'm doing and like start treating myself better. So that's a fizzle for this week. Yeah, I know. I've been also thinking about like quarantine fashion, like... That a thing, <laughs> right? It's not so. Like today, I put lipstick on. I'm like, okay, qu- lipstick not on quarantine fashion. <laughs> the masks, but maybe earrings should be because, well, it's like your home quarantine fashion, and then you're going out because like, like earrings don't world. work well with masks, right? But they're nice on like a Zoom call, exactly. But lipstick doesn't work with masks. No. So I don't know. That's so why I feel like I just want like a quarantine like jumpsuit that <laughs> I just it's cozy, but I just um it just works have, for like, all occasions. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I was just thinking about that. Like what are like people who are wearing a lot of makeup, are they like how are they navigating you, this with their masks? Like they just don't go down. down? Like I mean, yeah. Like when from I your, do go from out your bridge to of your nose up, you just like make sure you have a nice little smoky eye or something on, and yeah. your eyebrows are done. But that's it. You're bringing up a really painful point with the eyebrows, but yes, I'm sorry. That's a different fizzle. Um, God yeah, so dang okay. it, Governor. On the, on the fizzle is quarantine fashion that the COVID ten, as some people refer to it. I have not really noticed it until I went to put on some other clothing that I haven't touched in months now. And I realized, okay, those don't work anymore. Um, On the happier side of things in my sizzle of the week, I, you know this, I've shared it with you separately in our Marco Polo sessions and everywhere, but I'm starting like real work on my office and it's going to be a freaking big boy office when it's done. (laughs) Like I'm going to have a legit like, pro status working from home office and it's kind of been just a hack together before this that is really exciting and I know you've been working on your office too so maybe that it partially motivated me but also I've recognized that I'm gonna be working alone for a while and I got really excited clearing everything out of the space and being able to imagine and um I'll I'll start probably leaking out some previews of it, but I am planning on, for anyone listening, for the hot young designers who are listening, this is going to be my one-room challenge this fall. You're killing me with the one-room challenge in August, but I, I get I have it. To start, I get it. I, there's two choices I had to make. It was, do I wait to get started and risk that it's not done and then also have to spend that many more months in an unproductive office environment because stuff just wasn't stored right and I didn't have the space I needed? Or do I just like rip off the Band-Aid and get started earlier? And I think that's where I landed was I need it to be functional sooner. So I'm going to have to start sooner. And from a media and sharing perspective, I will then just have to be really aware of developing a strategy, saving some content and being able to share more when the challenge kicks off in... October, which sounds far away, but it's not. It's six it's weeks not. away. 
it's it's very it's one close. room it's one one room challenge away yeah it's the length of one one room challenge which will be here before we know it so i'm excited i may start previewing some stuff out there because you know once i get excited about it i can't not share anything but that's starting at the end of the week so that's my sizzle yeah and you're building some stuff in which makes me jealous <laughs> Yeah, I'm full um, on over investing probably, but I'm doing it anyway because it's my office. So I have to. It's cheaper than rent. Yeah, but my favorite is when people go, well, that's a business expense. And I'm like, yeah, but it still has to be paid for through money. my business. Like it's still actual money to do it. It doesn't mean it's free. Right. Just because it's a tax write-off. It is a business expense though. It is, it is. What about you? What's on your um, fizzle and sizzle? Fizzle, like, I feel, like, really basic, but my fizzle just has to be this freaking weather. <laughs> Triple digits. Wah, wah. Triple digits are, like, child's play. Like, <laughs> it's going to be 102 today, and that's, like, phew, finally a break in the weather. I mean, it's But what been, makes it worse is the humidity. It's been humid, which we don't get normally. So it was the other day 112 and, like, thunderstorms it it was like a legit sauna yeah our pool like does our pool is not heated and so it tends to be cold like last night we went in it it was almost too warm to be in it really yeah like almost well, it was I'm not to town, so i hope that holds up for a little bit i know <laughs> so that coupled with we're getting fire season early which really is terrible and there's yeah. like the um, Jones fire is really close to us. Not dangerously close, but... Um, close enough that you're impacted in the air quality. The air quality, like there was ash in the air today. And also like friends and people that I know, husbands, you know, or partners are all um, firefighters or just, you know, obviously really impacted. So feeling for that. it Like when it's like this, I mean, you probably get this too during LA fires is it's like... Yeah. The sadness is literally in the air. Like, yeah, it feels like this palpable, like ominous doom and gloom energy. And you know, people are really suffering. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm with that. Like you, it's a sign. It's something that's much more evident. That is a sign of what's happening. And normally like if the skies are blue and everything, you can just pretend it's fine. But when you've got this brown haze and the ash in the air, you're really aware of what's happening. Yeah, so that's a fizz for sure. Um, Sizzle, this was fun. Last weekend, a few designers locally got together and did an inventory sale. I saw that. Yeah, it was like kind of a lot, not last minute. We planned it for a couple weeks, but like I said, I'll do it as long as like we don't get fancy about it. Like I can't like create some kind of booth or (laughs) make it. Oh, like a show space almost like. Yeah, or like designers trying to over, over prettify things. Like, yeah, I knew I wouldn't have time to do that. You and want like I, rummage sale status? It, it like, was like mine was like drop a it in garage sale. And my stuff is like kind of vintage stuff that I've collected, or like f- like funky art. Like, yeah. So it was fun because the designers were all like different types of businesses, different types of designs. So it was cool. Like. I don't know. The like you were selling business. stuff that was different than, than what they were selling. Right. 
I don't know. And it also like just makes me remember, I don't, there's just like so many different types of designers and totally. I don't know, like we were talking a lot. Well, our episode today is a lot about community and just a good reminder. Like I like the phrase, there's a lid for every pot. And I think <laughs> that um, fits for relationships, but also like designer clients and there's yeah. no like judgment. It's like not good or bad. It's just, we're just all different. Yeah. I think that's, that's what feels good about some of that is that it's, you still created a sense of community and also like, I love the, it's not all about optics, but truly like the message that that sends to the surrounding like Sacramento community of consumers or potential clients is that like, none of you are in this like hate relationship with one another where you can't stand to be around each other or you don't like, you can tell like, oh, they had to organize this together. They had to talk together. They had to set up together. And they were here during the day to do it. I just feel like that's good energy out into the world of what it looks like when designers work together. Yeah. And like a few, a couple of them I hadn't really spent time with before. And they're, I mean, everyone's super, you know, busy, crazy businesses. And um, so it's fun just having like slow time to just hear their experiences a couple yeah. of them were a lot, well, they were all more experienced than I was. So I got to pick brains <laughs> a little bit and yeah, it was great. Uh, I would love to do something like that. LA has been so weird lately that I still feel like a lot of stuff is really separated. I would love to do something. Yep. And I just wanted more space so I could start collecting more. Moa. Someone else's trash. Exactly. Because that's what's going to happen when, when I like re- move back into my office is all the stuff that I had to move out. I'm going to be very selective about what I put back and get a few awesome little new things in there to brighten it up. That will be the fun part. Yep, yep. Well. We get into this today's show. Yeah, I'm excited to share this show because I think we had a really fun chat. Yes. I think you guys will like it. We brought together a lot of ideas. Some of them we've previewed on other podcasts and I think it's good to pull them all together, concentrate them down and get you guys some actionable steps that you can move with. Yeah. And just, um, technically it was the audio is pulled from our Instagram live session. It should be fine, but there might be like a little bit of awkwardness in the beginning as we're getting everybody connected and stuff, but yeah. It's real let's life. Let's do it. Yeah. We're going to have fun with it. All right. Let's throw it to us. <laughs> In the studio. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Sean. This is fun. I know. I'm stoked. I've been looking forward to it all week. I know. Um, it's kind of fun, like... I don't know, doing, I was almost like doing our podcast on Instagram. Exactly. We know how to do this. We're, (laughs) (laughs) at this point in quarantine, we have gotten very used to talking over video. (laughs) Right. It's the only way we really know. (laughs) It is now. I know. I'm excited Uh, for today. Today was fun because, um, I just recently got to work with Jai Ford Living on a challenge project, a design project, and 
I think this is like a perfect platform to talk about what, what we're here for today about connecting with other designers in a digital platform or digitally is like the new normal for us. Right, and how we can embrace it. Um, yeah, I use Jaipur in a lot of my client projects and I know, thank you Jaipur Living for letting us do this and giving us your platform for an hour. This is really generous and exciting. I know. I pinched myself because just like I joke on our podcast, um, I'm never sure if anyone's actually listening. But with live, I know that you're all there right <laughs> now. So. see you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi. All right. Should we jump into our little agenda? Yeah, we got a couple, official like that. a couple of people joining us. I think this is unique for us, too, that we're both on the Pacific Coast. So for those of you who we haven't met through some platform before, my name is Sean Serha. I'm the principal designer of Renstead Interiors, and my company is located in Greater Los Angeles or the Long Beach area, if you're familiar with um, Southern Los Angeles County. So I primarily work in LA and Northern Orange County. And um, Rebecca, why don't you tell everybody a little about you? Yes, I'm Rebecca. You can find me at Studio Plum. I am um, located in Sacramento, California. So northern side of the state. And I primarily work in residential design and I'm always working on projects in my house too. Yes, and that's how, that's how we met. That's probably like the good um, origin story or meet cute like you would have in a movie. Uh, about how we Same met way. and we've both been in business a similar amount of time both of us close to or at the three-year mark um yes close yeah i and, couldn't remember yeah and i made the leap from working in financial services i worked in banking doing all sorts of crazy stuff um while going to design school full-time and then took a leap after 13 years of being in banking when I finished school to be a design intern. And the last three years has gone by so fast. And I think yours is also gone by just as fast. Yeah, I spent about 20 years in the creative industry of graphic design, advertising and marketing. I owned a um, co-owned a creative agency for about 10 years. And yeah, I just basically burnt out on that and fell back to my childhood love of interiors and i've been yeah flying by the seat of my pants ever since but it's <laughs> been it's been amazing i think that's one of the reasons that we both connected so quickly was to you know especially around developing the podcast for the high designers club was if those of you who are watching haven't heard our intro to the show it truly is we're not that hot we're not that young but we're here because we want to try to help and we want to provide a different perspective on running design companies now and finding ways to talk about like the philosophical and the logistical approaches, but also the emotional approaches to being entrepreneurs or solopreneurs and having to, to navigate that on our own can be really isolating. Yeah. And Yes, there is a tongue-in-cheek um, aspect to our tagline, but also I think it's aspirational. Like, 
we want to feel hot and young, no matter how old we are, <laughs> what we're looking like, the Which quarantine hair. <laughs> Got, I'm just embracing the quarantine hair and eyebrow situation. Yeah. It is what it is. Definitely. So yeah, how we met. Um, yeah, Sean, like, is famous. I, <laughs> I named it the Zerhoff Slide. Zerhoff Slide registered trademark. He's famous for sliding into DMs. Not just being like a weirdo creep, but. I mean, sometimes he, that. <laughs> sometimes. Not only that. Also, though, you're just good at like making solid connections when you do it. Um, you have like a purpose behind it. Um, I think you come at it with a really helpful angle, um, which is how we met. <clears throat> I was working on my one room challenge and you're and you saw me about to paint all my wainscoting. Oh my God. In my like, bathroom. Hand. Like hand painting wainscot. <laughs> and there was like a, I mean, it was, it's not, sorry, excuse me, Desmond. It's, it's, it's a doodle. It's not a, it's not a quarantine anything without kids or dogs or something coming in. <laughs> he always has to steal the camera. Um, oh yeah, so I had like a like an eight inch, inch gap. Yeah. You could see the drywall behind it through the yeah. cracks, so it would have been disastrous. Yeah, and I had to tell you like, Please tell me you're getting a paint sprayer because that's going to be agonizing if you're going to do that yourself. And then you were like, I don't know, I think we had one. And I think no, you I would buy it. You yeah, would get one. And it was, yeah, lifesaver. So I was forever in your debt. And then, yeah, <laughs> we just started chatting more after that. And that was in the fall of 2019. We were both doing one room challenge at the same time. And I had agonized over, I decided to silly hand paint the wainscot that I used for my project. Um, and I regretted it. So I'm glad that I could help cut you off at the pass and save your you cautionary tale saved me. Yes, yeah, so we haven't even had our one year of meat anniversary. Exactly. It's crazy. Coming up this fall. Which I feel like one of the benefits to me of this um, terrible time that we're in is it's just kind of like forcing to make connection like if you do it right like you can get really close quickly because we just kind of have time and tools to do it so yeah like Everything I feel like we around. know each other really well yeah we have <laughs> a little more just similar not time that's free time necessarily but just similar schedules we're not out and about as much and I think it's easy to empathize with one another because we can all imagine similar situations that we're going through, whether navigating family events, navigating school for the parents out there. It's We're all experiencing something similar. And I think that helps start set the stage of if you're talking to someone, we're all having a lot more in common than we probably thought we used to. Um, because right off the bat, there's this unifying experience we're all having. So it makes it a little easier to start those digital relationships with someone knowing that there's some common ground. Yeah, and I think just the tip with that is to remember that they are real people, like even your design heroes or people that you feel like are out of your league or whatever. 
I've learned a lot, even just since March and with the podcast of stars are people too. <laughs> They're, <laughs> They're just, just like, like us. us. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's just about intention and like if you really want to create a connection, you can. And we're so lucky to live in a time that we have this technology to do it. Yeah. I think part of that goes to are you prepared if you're trying to make connections in the design community with vendors, with suppliers, with other designers, there you have to be ready to invest the time and energy. And it's a it's a two-directional type of thing, just like any relationship. You have to slowly build trust that you are going to be an ally or be someone who can be supportive, be empathetic, and be helpful to other industries or to other designers. Um, it's going to take time to develop that. Not everyone responds as quickly through digital communication. Um, and everybody needs a little bit of grace and patience because we're all going through crazy business days where we can't keep a regular schedule or we're caretaking and things like that. And it just means that our, our businesses have to take a different approach on timing and when we can get to people. Yes, and we have some ideas on ways of doing that kind of communication that we're gonna touch on. I, like I think in general, just like if you're trying to create connection with somebody, just be clear with your intentions. Um, it's okay to ask questions and you be in the needing position, but yeah, recognize that you might not be able to get that time from somebody. Be really gracious if you can. And I don't know, there's nothing wrong also with just starting to connect with people that are at your level. Like I think that's what's been really great with you yeah. and our friend Claire that we talk a lot. We're at this similar level in our businesses and we are helping each other level up by like the research that we're doing or education we're giving ourselves and yeah. just support. So no one's like, you know, giving or taking. It's just, uh, um, I feel like we're like all boats will rise together. With Definitely. We are. Yeah, I, I never feel like I'm giving away something but not getting something valuable in return, whether it's through support, encouragement, ideas. Um, and I think that's what we miss so much about being able to connect in person at industry events or showrooms or things like that. Um, that's where I think you and I really launched the farthest into our development of our relationship is we were both planning on attending Las Vegas market at the beginning of this year, January of 2020. And I was looking for other designers just to like connect with and kind of go through some of the trade show rooms and people that I had been following on Instagram or otherwise, but not really getting a chance to see. And some of them local to greater LA. So for those of you that are familiar, you know that 17 miles in Los Angeles is not a 20 minute visit to go see other designers. So I was looking forward to seeing some designers that it's easier to go to Vegas. The flight to Vegas is shorter than the commute across LA to totally. the west side of Los Definitely. Angeles. So it was easier. And I know for for uh, like Jaipur living there in Atlanta, and I was talking with them about how like Atlanta traffic is just as bad in a lot of cities. So markets are really the way that a lot of us get a chance to connect with one another. And we did a like a Zoom date 
to make sure that you were like background checking me before we were going to meet in person in Las Vegas. Well, yeah, because I was going to go by myself for the first, like I'd been a few times, but I hadn't gone by myself. And so it would have been fine. But, you know, I thought it would be more fun to, of course, meet with somebody. So, yeah, we did a Are You Not Crazy Zoom date. Let's see what, because, yeah, and at the time you weren't really like going on stories and showing your face as much. So, yeah, it felt like it was a good time to just also to make sure that that person's gonna do what they say and like show up to zoom and yeah not leave me stranded at the airport or whatever <laughs> but we, got to share a car. we got to share a car to market which was fun and i think the first part of it is just in the car ride over we were both being vulnerable with sharing how we started like your your past business experience how i kind of took the leap from a really stable career path into something I had been studying. And I think that helps rip the bandaid off for a lot of us. Uh, if you can show others that you're willing to share and to take that vulnerable position and open yourself up to it, a lot of people respond very positively to that because they understand where you're coming from. And I think that's the emotional intelligence that comes with what we do with our clients is understanding where they're coming from but we need to translate that to one another and understand where we're coming from in running our businesses and being there to to develop these networks with one another it's so helpful <laughs> it very much reminds me i always think of this i don't know if i've told you that um this quarantine time reminds me a lot of my first year at college in the dorms oh. where like you're so like out of your fish out of water. And I just met my best friends like within the first couple of days because we were so intensely like we were vulnerable, but then we also like shared and we became really bonded by that experience. Mm -hmm. And so it, I don't know, it reminds me of that again. I think just based on the circumstances and I, I don't know, I think it's like something to embrace. Yeah, it's isolating to be starting that new phase of life, like thinking back to college and dorms and your all of your regular environment and your circles are gone from around mm -hmm. you. And in the same way, we have that now, but even more so just being business owners, it's isolating yeah. on its own. We don't, I'll, uh, we've learned that from so many of the other hot young designers who are listening in that they're a lot of them are solopreneurs or they have small teams uh, and they don't, have large groups around them to ground their businesses in and they're they're looking for that from other designers because you probably aren't if you're the team leader of your company you're it's not super isolating you can't share some of those more visionary um concepts and fears and, and the financial side of it it i mean yeah. that i came from that experience too and it's it can be isolating and scary and lonely for sure. Definitely. And then even more so just being in quarantine that we, we have even fewer outlets to see one another, to talk to one another. Um, and really only other designers understand this business as well as we do. It's as much as we can talk to other entrepreneurs, it, there's so much that's unique. And we've talked yeah. about that with guests on the podcast on Hot Young Designers Club that 
attorneys and other industries look in at our industry and it's so ambiguous and mysterious and that maybe that's not necessarily intentional but i think it makes it harder for other entrepreneurs or other business owners to understand what we do and how we do it yeah there's i mean i came from a creative industry that was design related but it was basically strictly service and digital products so moving into the 3d and the real life selling of furniture and physical product and the freight and all that like it's it's a whole thing it's a whole thing it's a new it's a new dimension and not every reseller or retailer understands what that looks like because then we have the creative side too so it's yeah and that's even more mysterious because that's like the (laughs) magic the sexiness of design that you really have a hard time explaining unless you work creatively and then there's the um i call myself a designapist sometimes because there's like the therapy aspect with clients that you're like either like working through with the like a spousal situation trying to like be the mediary or all of that people that are nervous about the financial aspects or things going wrong with their homes like it's a lot it is and and we all need help improving for each other and making better experiences for our clients for the vendors we work with the suppliers we work with um i think part of getting better is also recognizing that there is enough business for everyone that we're not we're not in competition with one another yeah that's one of the like first tenets of developing and growing your community is just like taking that out of the picture and um I mean, it takes time to build trust. You're not like, I'm not just going to hand over my financial statements to the next (laughs) designer, but, or my client list, but even so, like we're in a close pod with somebody that's in my, Claire, who's in my um, area and there's plenty of business, but also our ideal clients aren't the same, even though we have the same or not same, but a very similar aesthetic and we would have some overlap the kind of work we want to do and the kind of clients we take on aren't the same. So there's just, and if you think about it, every designer that I know is planned. So obviously there's plenty of clients out there. Yeah. I think there's a lot of pent up demand right now and whether they're all right for each of us is, is up to whether that's the ideal clientele and the right project and the right budgets and everything we have to navigate. But just because that's not, that inquiry isn't right for you, that doesn't mean there's not another designer. And I've, I found that even to be valuable just separately of having designers is that I receive referrals from other designers where they're Mm -hmm. at a scale that's several levels ahead of where my company is at, but they need someone that they trust, someone that they like to feel confident referring other projects to. I'll still work on single room projects. And some of the designers that refer to me are really focused on whole home remodel or new build and construction. And they still want to be a resource to inquiries that come in for potential clients. 
And I think that that's something, it's not like you do this just because you want to get referrals, but when you connect with other designers and they like you, they want to see you succeed as well. They, they want to see you do better. And also when, if you get to know them, they know who your ideal client is. So they're giving you good referrals. So like, they're not just giving you somebody that's not going to be a good fit or yeah, a junk. <laughs> Like, but they've already screened them to some degree before I received yeah. that that connection of, hey, I want to introduce you to, to Sean at Renston Interiors. They've already talked with them, understood the budget, the project, the scale and the scope. And so I'm not, it's not just this cold lead type of activity. It's right. that warm handoff to someone that they like and trust. And I think that is also part of what help, happens when we build this community is Clients see that when we lift each other up, when we talk about each other, when we share the work of other designers in an Instagram story of someone we admire or like, it, it gives that impression of, oh, they're all, they're all kind of helping each other or it's a supportive community. It's not well, a competitive. They're kind of nice, like good people, hopefully. <laughs> like, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one step into that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, if you're like a newer designer or you're looking for work, like having that network, I mean, just remember you can always go remind those other designers in your area that you're available. Getting in their radar is not a terrible thing because I'm sure they're getting tons of leads if they're at a big level. Yeah, and that's, I think that's where there's like, who do I reach out to? Who am I going to start talking to? You, you have like, two types of approaches, but the first is like the local designers that you're already in the same area, you have something in common, you may already be using some of the same vendors, suppliers, contractors on your work. And I think you'd be surprised to figure that out with each other. But really approach it from that. I'm not here to compete with you. I want to introduce myself to you. I'd like to talk with you and maybe just vent sometimes and it's not about stealing all of the resources. It's not about taking something away from that designer. Um, right. That this is different than saying my upholstery guy dropped out of a job. Can do you have someone you can send me to? That's there's an immediate need, but this isn't about meeting the immediate need. It's about thinking into the future of having a network of designers to support you, to help you grow, to encourage you. Uh, and I think that's where it's not based on something you need right now, because you can find that at any time. Right. We um, have a designer in town who started a private Facebook group for all the interior designers in our area. It's not a, we're not in a huge area, but there are a lot of designers and that's been a really nice resource. Like I've made some um, connections, but even just a surface level of like what you're seeing hey, I'm, I need a new cabinet guy. Like, who do you guys use? The yeah. people are really, they've been really helpful. And I want to see my, I do want to share vendors and suppliers that I like because I don't want them to go out of business either, either. especially now. A lot of them are slammed and busy, but I want to keep, I want to keep them working. If I like what they produce and what they can create for me, I don't want to see them <laughs> fail. Sorry, there's a turkey, like a flock of turkeys right outside my window. Um, so the dog. Are you banned? Are you banned? Flock of turkeys. <laughs> um, yeah, and the same goes with like 
word of warning, like if somebody's gotten really burned by somebody, that's been helpful just to hear those stories too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, or plan triple the time that they quote you is like, okay, good. I, I'm not weird by being halfway through and not knowing what's happening with my job. Right. Totally. Yeah. And if it's not local, I would say like really spread the net wide when you're looking for other designers because we have amazing social media platforms to be able to discover and find designers all over using things like um, hashtags to discover designers that are in other cities are helpful geotag locations on top of that help but find designers whose energy you like who you feel like you'd want to actually hang out with them in person and have a drink or have a coffee yeah. with them that at least helps make it feel like you really want to develop that with them and you you would have a good time um they don't it have keeps, to be in the same area as you no and it keeps the momentum going like i have contacts with people that um i <laughs> the dog is so um i have connections with people that when I don't get into that, like, I don't know, more friend level with of like, yeah, I don't know, talking about junior high boyfriends or I don't know, you don't have to get into that. But <laughs> once you get into that kind of momentum, then it becomes more consistent. So it is very helpful to have people that you can laugh with and cry with sometimes and talk about the horror stories. Because that's There's like, it keeps the momentum going. Yeah, I think it makes it real. Yeah, and I think that's where we, again you tie back to the vulnerability. If you're not in a place where you're able to share those things openly with others, and it's just a conversation you save for your spouse or partner or for you know your closest friends who aren't in design, um, it's going to make it really hard to start having that connection with another designer with a supplier um, but every time i've opened up and shared with a contractor about a frustration with a lead time or something wrong they always respond back with either a level of understanding or options to help and they mention another way they handle it or some way that they saw someone else do it but very rarely does anybody take in what I'm sharing with them and opening up about and then just go, oh. Sucks like, for you. <laughs> like, yeah, too bad for you. Like, wah, wah. Like, no, they, like everyone res has responded back with some level of empathy, understanding, caring, or that I'm, I am sorry that's happened, or maybe here's something that can help you. Having an right. option is a great way to continue that. Um, and in that same sense, be ready that if someone else shares that with you, you need to be ready to respond back in a way that says that you get it, you understand, you're listening, you actually care about what's going on with them. Hey, Sean, have you signed up for the Hot Young Designers Club newsletter? Oh, no. Really? Is this you not wanting to clutter your inbox with a lot of excess junk? No, no. Let me do it. Where do I need to go? You need to go to hotyoungdesignersclub.com. Scroll down till you get to the subscribe button. 
just pop in your email address and your name. All right. I'm doing it right now. Is this going to be a bunch of spam? It's not. It's actually not going to be anything until we actually get around to sending something. But we have big plans and we want to be able to send surveys to get feedback from our audience. And maybe once in a while, a special surprise or a recap. All right. I'm on it. Thank you. Back to the show. You, you have to be comfortable at this point, if you're going to start developing the connections, you have to be comfortable with using video and recording your face and your voice. It's time to just take the plunge. You can't be an observer anymore. We love all of you that are observing today and following along, but you have to be a participator and not an observer. And if you're uncomfortable putting your face on camera or talking at your phone, Practice getting comfortable using things like FaceTime, using Instagram stories. Uh, if you want to use stories, have a personal account so you can use stories with only like close friends or family, people that you know. So you know that there's people I recognize, not all strangers who are here. And then when you get comfortable, then move over to your business account on, on social media once you felt like you've gotten into it. but. I try to always just talk to my phone like I'm talking to a friend. Well, because there's friends on the other side. I mean, you are. Yeah. I mean, I was a lurker for a very long time. I I mean, I started reading blogs in 2001. Like, I, I don't even think anyone knew what a blog was. And I didn't start showing my face on here until, I mean, really like two years ago is when I started interacting. And it's honestly changed my life like it it's made it not just a one-way thing and i've been able to give as well as receive it i don't know get over it is really what i have to say like you'll see if you follow my stories <laughs> i keep the bar really low we get the today, real real today i got a whole look but we get wake up rebecca we get stories from bed like waking up well you guys do i don't totally do that bad but yeah yeah greetings from the pool because it's five million degrees here um but i think the yeah. goal is to show as much as i hate the word the goal is to show your authentic self not have two personalities so it's not about having a different version of yourself on social media. It's about that being you. And yeah, we all edit in different settings, whether you're in, you know, you're in a line at a coffee shop or wherever, we all present different amounts of ourselves, but sure. it should still be the same you. Yeah, but we don't need you to get on and show us like sorting your laundry, unless that's like, you're into that and people are into that. I'm not into that. But if that's what we want to see. Also, the other reason why I kept the bar really low from the beginning was because I knew if I made it a thing of like, oh, I got to get my hair done. I got to look this way. I got to clean this house. Like, then I wouldn't do it. Well, and I would never do it. So it's a barrier to entry. Exactly. It wouldn't happen. Before I can do an Instagram story or I have to be put together before I do that? Mm, I tried a little <laughs> bit. I'll put a filter on it if it's a real rough bitch. Yeah, but... don't be afraid to put it in black and white, y'all, if you're just not feeling it. <laughs> I think there's a couple other ways that if, if you're really worried about it, I found that for the two of us, 
joining the one room challenge, whether yes. whether you someone's thinking about doing it for your own personal home project or you're if you're already working on a client project that's coming up, fall one room challenge is coming up soon in October. And that could be a great way to encourage you because it sets some good peer pressure in an online design community and you start exploring and finding other designers, talking with them, watching their stories and seeing how they're solving problems. And I've seen plenty of other designers, instead of using their own project, they're sharing a client project as it progresses. And that's totally okay. It's really about watching the transformation, including one another, making sure that you provide some level of accountability to like, just get the project done. And it was yeah. smart that they added Instagram only and yeah, you blog don't have to have a blog. So you don't have to have a blog. Blogging can be a lot if you're not ready for that plunge to develop community. You can stick to Instagram. Yes, and that is actually my number one tip is one room challenge as a designer because that is how I started talking to my phone. <laughs> so I decided that. I was going to do it. And that's when I set the bar really low because I was in a kitchen remodel yeah. I was doing and it just gives you content. So in the beginning, you're like, I don't know what to talk about. Like, uh, I'm not going to just share my lunch. Like, of course, like no one needs to see that. But one room challenge gives you a really easy content share. That's not private for like, you don't have to worry about privacy being in your clients' homes or all yeah. the backstory. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no like privacy agreement or non-disclosures. So if, if it's your own house, it's feeling it's weird. Yeah, like you can talk about. And then like I brought my handyman and my dad helped me with a lot of mine, and they became like characters. <laughs> Everyone always like, called it the show. show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one room challenge show. Um, so that just made it really easy and to get my face out there, talk about something every day. And then that's like we said earlier, how we connected and I've connected with tons of people through that whole experience. Yeah. I think if you can't do that, I get it. Yeah. You need a project in mind. It happens twice a year in the spring and the fall. Um, if you don't have something in mind that, that's coming up for this fall, then work on it towards your spring to plan around that. But honestly, it's just, just jump in. If you've already started yeah. on something and you have content saved, when it launches in October, it's okay. Like a lot of designers start early because we know it's hard to complete a whole room in four to six weeks in the, you know, the timeframes of the challenge. But it's okay to have it already started and then start sharing more about it. Um, it just makes it. Yeah. It doesn't to have to it. be start to finish real time. And, but I mean, some of us in this live are planners when it comes to things <laughs> like that, <laughs> some of us can wing it. So, I mean, I think I did my kitchen. I think I didn't start like until two weeks before. Yeah. So, but I like that kind of stress. <laughs> I think part of it that I found so fun about the challenges is in social media, especially in Instagram, when there's things that we think seem like industry knowledge or common knowledge, but right. we're all coming from all sorts of different backgrounds from commercial designers to hospitality designers, to residential 
like both you and I work in, but we all have different backgrounds and we all have different exposures to different trades and contractors. So we've seen different methods of completing projects. And I found it really helpful when I see something new to ask questions about how it's being installed, what, how they feel about the product. Do they like that finish? How was it dealing with the company? I think that kind of cuts to what we know as designers of like, when you hear a designer tell you, oh my God, it was a mess to deal with the installation of this product. It looks great now, but it took a lot of work. Um, it seems mundane, but we like to know those things between one another. Yeah, and that's like, I think you do that a lot in your Sir Hot Slides, right? Like you ask like, Oh, totally. Which is, I think, flattering that for a designer that you're asking, you're paying attention and you're noticing the like details that they've probably been agonizing over. Yeah. I think it's a nice thing to do. So much stuff that we see, we see like the pretty final version on Instagram or otherwise. And really, I like to know like, how did that work out? Like, what did you have to do underneath it to prep the surface? What is it like now? Um, and that's helpful just for us to know with one another, but also to share with clients because we're getting a real opinion from someone who's objective. Mm -hmm. um, so, and if you can't, I get it right now is a weird time. We're sort of transitioning around um, Instagram. It seems to be a, a primary method, social media, but if you're able to use Zoom or another session, it's move to that as your platform if you feel comfortable. Um, reach out to showrooms or your reps for different lines and vendors and ask if they would host a lunch and learn or if you can host the lunch and learn and they'll join. Um, I've had a lot of reps just trying to stay in contact with me throughout all of this and work with me one-on-one, -on -one, but ask them if they can find like-minded designers with similar interests and styles to what you work with. If they rep large regions, they'll be able to pull some designers together and invite them to a more exclusive session where it may just be 10 to 12 of you. That would be a great way to get started because I know a lot of my fabric reps, they, they're bringing me the things they know that fall within my wheelhouse and that I would like to use for projects. They share with me new things that they feel like make sense with my direction. And I'm sure they're keeping track of the other designers who are doing that too. I know they are because they mentioned their names. Now's a good time to ask if they would bring you together for something. Yeah, I hosted one, it was pre-quarantine, but just, just pre-quarantine. And there's a um, local rep, she actually reps 24 Living and Shout out to Chapel. Yeah. She, um, she offered to like, I had some questions on some of her specific lines, but I, I don't know. I always feel bad making people like do a lot of stuff, even though it's their job and she'd have no problem doing it. Totally. But I thought like, oh, let me get some of my other designer friends that I know are in similar um, states or like haven't stayed of business, but, or haven't done a lot of resale. So, I ended up hosting something here and it was great. Like I, we had you zoom. We actually yeah, did a little say zoom in. <laughs> and, um, but it would have totally worked all on zoom too. So she went through like piles of rug samples from Jaipur. She had um, different like bedding lines and like all the different lines she had, she went through and gave us like a full rundown of every company, which was, it was just like, it was awesome.
don't know, yeah. we need to do that again. Yeah, and I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. Obviously, I know that a lot of the various markets are working on things like that, but don't be afraid to use your reps as a pathway to connect with other designers that mm -hmm. are in your area that they can bring you together. That's a nice way to break the ice, that it's not just you having to do all of that work and the reps would love to see more of you. And I really liked it because everyone had different questions that I wouldn't have really thought of um, yeah. that made me learn a lot more. Totally. I think that was that was a fun one. If you're not ready to jump into like a Zoom session with other designers yet, um, I, IG messages like, yeah, my Sir slide is always, I just, I've come from a place where I want to know, I genuinely want to try to talk to people. It's genuine. I, yeah. I always start with like, hi, how are you? Not like, where's that from? Or what's this? It's always genuine. Like I care about you as a person. I recognize there's a living being on the other side of that screen. Um, I've recently also been sending a lot of, um, voice messages in Instagram because we're not hearing from each other as often and we might be getting a little desensitized to words on a screen so for me to send the voice message was just like hey to another designer it looks great that project looks so beautiful and I there's just something more human about a voice message well you hear the context of it and it's not like, like tone and inflection yeah. there so if i've gotten like, some of those it's really actually nice yeah if you haven't tried it i've had a few responses back from several other designers they're like oh my god i didn't know you could do that <laughs> no i and didn't for a while so yeah record a quick voice of like everything's doing great or i really appreciate what you're sharing or just you know, it looks wonderful. We all need some encouragement. A voice message is like a new level to share that because so many of us aren't able to connect in person. It's time saving. Like sometimes I'll like get a DM that it's like, you know, a full scroll, double oh, scroll. Gosh. And you're like, oh, <laughs> it's really yep. serious, which is exactly. fine. But um, it's less daunting to just push play. Yeah. Listen while you're walking around. Exactly. Um, if you're ready for a new app in your life, so I'm just saying, this isn't an ad for them, but our, our group of network of designers have really adapted well to using Marco Polo because we can record messages, like kind of like a FaceTime or text message basically, but it's, you're recording your face and talking, but you can create separate groups or individual chats with one another. And instead of them having to be live, you can log into the app whenever you have time to look at a message. Yeah. So I try, like, people always are like, what's the difference between just using text or Instagram DMs? Um, so it is, yes, like, it's only for video. So you log in and it's, and there's no like um, barrier to it. So when I click on our little club, I instantly just start hearing you guys in videos. Yes. And it's when you're recording it, you just quickly record it. They've made it very simple with very few clicks. So it's immediate. Yeah. But in the other side, it's not real time to where if you and Claire are having some like <laughs> big conversation that I can't get into right now i'll just save it until i can fit exactly and get back to it and it's it's so if you again if you missed it marco polo is the name of the app and we 
found it really helpful for individual chats with other designers that we are talking to and asking questions to, but also you can set up your own private groups in there and talk to one another. Um, it's, it's helpful. Like when I've been on a job site, I can literally like take the picture and talk over the picture, record the voice question with it, point at things, share it. And then later, Rebecca and other designers can log in, see it, and then like weigh in with their two cents. Um, yeah, there's like a hierarchy too. Like if I really need to get something to you, I'll text it to you. But if I know like, I don't want to interrupt your day with my random musings or something funny that happened. So I'll throw that in Marco Polo. Yes. Um, so yeah, there's no like interruption to someone else's situation. I don't know. It feels yeah. like, and it doesn't get buried in DMs. Like DMs like, they're gone. They can be a hot mess. Like, I mean, I, I lose stuff all the time and I feel bad. <laughs> Sorry if I didn't respond to something. I didn't mean to. Well, that's part of it, but it's, it, it's helpful because it's informal. It is a closed yeah. group. It's not public. You don't have to worry about it in IG stories, but it's not real time because we're all very busy and it just helps you develop an open line of communication by sharing really short snippets of things that you're looking at or talking about without feeling like <laughs> I don't have to schedule a 40 minute call with you or like are you free later today it's like I don't have to wait for you to be free I'll send it I can be vulnerable I can you know but if I'm there and something's happening you can also join live and get a response quickly if yeah. they're available and it does show show you when other users are on the app at the same time as you Hi, Claire. Etchen Ivy Design is our um, Marco Polo friend. Um, I, yeah, so basically we have a conversation all day that does not take an hour out of my day. Because if you and I get on a Zoom, like, I mean, there goes two hours. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're, if you know, you're looking at something live, you're troubleshooting it, you can get through it quickly. And a lot of times video is the fastest way to be able to convey an idea. Um, or you and like we said with voice in it you get the voice tone inflection you don't like worry about offending anybody um, and I really love being able to use that um, yeah and that's where you guys get the real real of me making my coffee in the morning exactly yeah and Facebook like you mentioned in the beginning Facebook groups are still a great way to connect with other designers don't be afraid to reach outside of those designer Facebook groups to connect with other designers in messages to connect with them either separately i've shared a few designers that have talked to me back and forth on some of the designer groups in facebook and eventually we've shared phone numbers with each other and talked to each other through things um you're gonna see the those designers whose responses whose thoughtfulness whose presence resonates with you and if you've admired them or you've appreciated what they've done now's the time to reach out to them individually and tell them that because there's something reassuring about knowing that it was helpful for someone or it boosted them. Um, and we, we all need that right now. We're all going through a lot emotionally and in our businesses. So hearing that something helped you is going to boost your self-esteem. It's going to help them understand that you're coming from a good place. And we all need a little bit more of that. Need a little more good. Yeah, something else that I really love that I, I'm in like three or four of these because I need all the accountability, but um, accountability groups I really love 
like Yumi and Clara have one that we try to get to every week where we have a 90 minute Zoom call. We're only allowed yeah. to chit chat for 15 and then we turn off our mics and then we commit to something we're going to each individually work on for an hour. Um, those have been really great. And it's not like a heavy lift and you're also getting something done. So yeah. we kind of like commit to, I don't know, what do we do? Something we're kind of avoiding or don't want to do or like billing or writing yeah, a blog post. Like billing or like revisions on drawings. And it's like, I don't really want to do these, but okay, I'm going to tell you guys at the beginning of this call, like I'm going to work straight through for a whole hour. We're all sitting here on mute. I'm Our video's still on. So you can see that my butt's still in my chair. Yep. And that's as a solopreneur, it helps to have just someone there of like, oh, that's when that's when the call is scheduled on Zoom. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna sit down, briefly connect, get get to work. Yeah. Because there's no boss in I'm right. The you boss. guys are my boss. Yeah. <laughs> there's no one to go. Why hasn't Sean been in his cubicle for you know 20 minutes? Where did he go? Like, it's me. If I don't want to be here, I won't be. And some days, if you're working on your own, and I know for a lot of designers I've heard from, their their teams are now working remotely with one another. It it helps just to say, can we just log on? I just need to talk to you for a few minutes and then just sit on mute. Let's get some stuff done. And when you're done, you just do a really quick debrief of, I got this done. I'm still working on this. Just so there's someone to put it out in the universe. And there's also a clock ticking. So it's kind of that Pomodoro method of like, okay, I have one hour to focus. I'm going to do it. We get a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. Once the hour is done, you're like, okay. okay, I got through it. Awesome. And then it's time to move on, on to the next big rock of the day that I need to handle. Um, and I'm you guys can do it. I'm also in a couple masterminds that I've set up with different women. Um, one is just service-based companies. Um, so they're not other designers, but it's also just really helpful because we do goal setting and encouraging. And in that aspect, it's kind of, not kind of, it is helpful to hear from other industries because they're educating themselves in different ways. And so I'm learning something from the wedding photographer industry that, cause they do, they have like cool hacks or things that they're doing for marketing and it's yeah. really helpful too. And they hold yeah. me accountable for the next month when I say I'm going to do something and I come back and I, did I move, move the needle in my business like I thought I could or what? Yeah. It's always surprising to hear from other industries what's going on with their work, what we have in common, and then their new ideas and systems they're using. There's a lot that does translate in, especially between creative industries. Yeah. And I think one of the things we found really helpful is hearing questions from other designers on the hot young designers club podcast designers will write in and ask questions to us and we love being able to talk about those ideas because sometimes we're not experiencing the same thing and we can ask other designers and be able to share that as part of the podcast platform um, or we can ask guests to approach that because that's a specialty of theirs right um, and we'd love hearing from that. We also, for designers who are listening today, if you feel like there's an area that you're, you feel really confident in with your business and you'd like to be able to share that and open it up to other designers, we'd love to hear from you. And you can email us at hello at hotyoungdesignersclub.com. It, it's such an easy community to work with one another that we'd love to hear from you.
Yeah, we have a question. Should we answer a couple questions? I think they're going to boot us off in eight minutes. I know we have a, a timeline. <laughs> um, Rufus and Henrietta, do you have any recommendations for people just getting into the business? Besides listening to Hot Young Designers Club podcast. Yes. Okay. Biggest thing first for me was website. Even if it's starting with a great landing page for it, website was like integral to the success of getting started, having a place to direct clients to, to contact me, to get inquiries through. Also having a bookkeeper really early. There's just way too much to keep track of. And I know it sounds crazy to think, oh, I'm going to pay someone to do this. I could do this. We've recently been having conversations like this in the podcast of when is it time to let go of things that even though you could do them, you shouldn't be doing them anymore, or it may be easier to offload them to someone else because there's a way for you to make more in billable time on projects than it makes sense to be doing it on your own. Definitely. Um, I mean, Instagram, I think it's really like building your community through Instagram with all the ways we've been talking about is how like was really helpful to me when I started. Also, those Facebook groups we were talking about, um, like Veronica Solomon has a really amazing one of what they don't teach you in design school. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And just listening to the and reading questions from a lot of the people on there helped me um, see where like some of the problems might arise or um, I don't know, help me find, do more research. Absolutely. Yeah, the facets um, for other podcasts. I mean, Kimberly Selden really breaks down the process. Like she has her own proprietary process of business of design, but I yeah. think she's saying it's hard to understand all the facets. She'll tell you all the facets. Definitely. She has and a then you... backlog of, of her show that really dives into a lot. And don't, don't be afraid to use other things and change your process. Make it your own. I mean, it has to be your own. Yeah. And I think also being not being tied to something so much that you feel like you can't change it with the next client. It's okay to go, oh gosh, that project went off the rails and that process didn't work, even though another designer recommended it change, update, bring in a new process and start using that. I think you'll find <laughs> I literally change my website, I think, every two weeks when I first the first year. <laughs> like, nope, nope, nope. But I'm also like a get it out there and then edit and um improve. And no matter what any other designer is putting out there, you know, on the face of things, we're all making mistakes having things go wrong on construction sites, um, sometimes having to troubleshoot with clients or have tough conversations when things don't work out the way we thought. And I think that a, a level of humility comes with it, being honest with clients that this is a process, it takes time, there are humans involved, we all make mistakes. Um, I, I don't want, I think that there is this perception that gets created with social media of the perfection of everything. Oh, yeah. And we have to dispel that level of perfection. We have to dispel that what we see on TV or in media is not going to match up with the real process. The rendering, the 
we always talk about that big 3D rendering animation that you'll see. Like, yeah. there's no presenting to clients like that. I mean, I guess if you, yeah. they want to spend a hundred grand on renderings, but if we start, if we start out with clients though of being open up, this is a learning process. And even if there's something that you show me that I haven't worked with before, or a material I'm not familiar with, if I don't know, I'll find out the answers and I'll get back to you. But I think being able to admit that takes a really big level of courage and people respond to that. And that's the same in our community of being able to say, I don't know, but let's find out. Yes, always be helpful, always be learning. I think that's something that is really important. Totally. In developing community digitally with other designers, I think that this is something that you can take one step immediately today and whether it's setting up Marco Polo or another item, you could do one thing today to help you start developing new connections with other designers. Um, I think Instagram is the one best platform to really do a lot in. Yeah. Um, somebody just asked that, it went away really quick. Yes, thank you Jaipur and also Hot Young Designers Club is really, we want it to be a community and a club. So please like interact with us over there and ask us the questions. Um, we're, you know, always learning too and we want to be a good resource for everyone who needs it. Absolutely, slide into our DMs. We'd oh yeah, <laughs> it's not even a slide. You're just, the door is open. Just come in and talk to us. We're there. If we don't know the answer, we'll find someone else who does or we'll bring it to the show later. Yeah, we need podcast. We need um, show ideas. So please ask us. Yeah, more. if you've got really something helps. that's never been covered and no one's talking about it, tell us. We'll Thanks, find Claire. a way to get it out there. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Rebecca. This was awesome. Um, everybody, have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. I mean, really, with you wrote this line for me, Sean shares the signature. I'm sorry. It's sensational. Sean shares by the seashore the signature shirt. Sensational. Ay, ay, ay.